Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Are you out of alignment with your current profession, but you don't know what you really want to do? Do you believe that no matter how much you accomplish, you still need to be doing more? And are you tired of looking to books and podcasts and others for answers to your questions? Today, I'm joined by John Mitchell. He's a coaching client of mine who, a few years ago, felt like he was on the wrong path in the medical industry. We're going to talk about how we work together to shift his mindset own his inner authority and take bold, consistent action. All of this has helped him become the thriving functional medicine health consultant that I trust to keep my body and brain operating at a high level. It's good to see you, man. It's good. You look yeah. good. You, you sound good. You got a lot of energy. I am just, uh, I, you know, for, for, for a, a new father, I, I kind of expect a death walk at this stage of the game like you're like oh yeah i got five hours last night it was awesome you know like that kind of thing but you you look and sound great that was the first like one to two months but it's uh we've been slowly recovering since then <laughs> it's like having a, a nine pound bomb come into your home and just just blow it up it can, it can be that way yeah and then the the bomb keeps growing in size too and, and louder <laughs> And then finds all of your your precious uh, uh, material objects and slobbers all over them. puts puts them in her mouth. So much slobber! It's amazing. I don't even know where it all comes from. That's right. Yeah, it's like so the, much slobber. Breast milk, actually. I think if, they, if they're getting it, they're, so it's just a <laughs> it's just more breast milk. So um, it goes from breast milk to slobber. Yeah. Well, let's go down memory lane. Let's let's talk about some things. Um, you've been on quite a journey over the last few years ago. Uh, how long ago was it that we connected? So I moved down to Wilmington 2014 and uh, Eric Goodman connected us around then. So it's been five years. Eric Goodman, foundation training guy. He's yep. uh, he's a good guy. I stay in touch with him. You, you, are you, have you been in that world much? No, I haven't. I haven't spoken to any of them in a, in a while. Just kind of been doing my own thing. Okay. I'm still in touch with Eric. He and I keep threatening to do a surf trip together. Some point they're doing there. great though it seems yeah. like they're getting their message out which is phenomenal like it's such a powerful modality so yeah yeah i, I love remember, it 
I remember he reached out to me and was like, hey, I know this guy in, in Wilmington. You guys should hook up. And I think we just met to be friends at first. Yeah. And then it and then it started to transition into coaching. So paint paint the picture of your life at that time. What were you doing professionally back in well, this was just four or five years ago? Yeah. So I, I just graduated from a physician assistant school. So I had my first job out of that at a substance abuse treatment center. So I was helping people get off of drugs essentially. Um, yeah, so that's, that's when we met and I was kind of, I was, when I graduated, I honestly was thinking about changing professions completely because I was so done with what, what I learned. It just didn't resonate with me, the whole medical model. Um, and that kind of like led me when I, after we hung out a while, I was like, Trip really seems like he knows what's going on as far as helping people find what they really want to do. And I think that's what initially really attracted me to you. And you just had such a great like balance in like, this is my job, but I also have a life outside of it. And I'm not tied down to just working all the time, which okay. is refreshing. All right. Well, let's, let's pick this apart because this is interesting. So you had just graduated from this school and you were doing this job. How long had you been doing this job the, the, um, at the treatment center? Well, by the time when we met, you mean? Yeah. Like, well, before you, use, I want to get an idea of like, hey, I just did finish this training. I just got this job. And now I realize I don't think I'm on the right path anymore. I realized I was on the wrong path in the middle of medical school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell me about that. What was that moment like when you realized you were on the wrong path in medical medical school? Yeah. I was going through this journey, this own just health journey for me, just reading a ton, just about nutrition and, and fitness. I was way into triathlon at the time. And everything I was reading was really conflicting with what I was learning in school. You know, like I'd have a professor talk to us about, we had two hours of, of lecture on diet and nutrition total out of my whole medical school training, two and a half years. And I was like, this is such BS. The guy who was teaching us was fat. Like he wasn't just overweight. He was like fat. And he was telling us like, all you have to do to lose weight is exercise and, and cut your calories. And I just knew that was such BS. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, this is a medical school. Like, and, and I kind of like, just from that process, I just saw people were not getting better. You know, medicine was really good at treating people acutely with like fractures or if they're acutely, you know, with an infection, but when it came to helping people with chronic disease, they weren't helping them. And that's what I was interested in. And I just realized, like, this is not this is not going anywhere. And so what was that like? Well, did you? Uh, by the way, I think all of those revelations are awesome. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love working with you. And it's why I, I go to you when I've got a question about health stuff, because I know that you're on top of all of the things that are going on. Like, I, I know that you're reading voraciously and you're my filter for a lot of yes. I'm, gonna, I'm like, OK, I'm going to go to John and just see what John has to say about this. But. I, I'm really curious about this moment when you realize, wait a second, I've invested all of this time. I'm a, this is my identity too. Like I'm and becoming money. this guy and money, like a ton of money, ton of time. And wait a second, this is putting me on a, a, a certain path in life, a certain trajectory that's not aligned with my values. And was there a panic there? Was there a oh shit moment? Or was there like a, I'll figure it out? Or what were you thinking at that time? Yeah, I wasn't panicked, but I just thought to myself, well, I'll just continue to do this and pay off my loans. And once those are kind of like taken care of, then I'll figure out like what the next step is or, you know, like, so I'll have time on the side to work on something else okay. to get me to that, that better aligns with who I am. I didn't know what that was. And that's where you came in where I was, you kind of helped me figure that out. Okay. 
And so I want to know how invested you were in this, because a lot of times, uh, you know, a really high commitment path like that, that gets ingrained in us early on. Like, okay, I know I'm going to go in. It's not like you, you were in political science and then one day you decided to go into medicine, right? It's like, yes. so, so there, how far back in your life did you started to get attached to this idea that you were going to go into medicine? You were going to go That's into the health profession? That's a good profession? point. So oh, I, I didn't know what I wanted to go into, but I think probably from a young age, my family was like, you should go and be a dentist or a doctor. So that was always just kind of like the default. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much from my sophomore year in college on, it was like I was in the books and did not like leave the library. And it was like that for like years. Like my brother, my older brother would call me from from his school and be like on a Tuesday night. He's like, dude, what's going on? You going out? It's like, no, I'm studying. Like, I don't have time to go out and party on the, on the weekday. Right. So it was, it was, um, I was invested like a ton of energy, a ton of time. Um, but I didn't know prior to graduating from undergrad that I didn't want to become a doctor. Like the schooling just was too much as far as like the, the investment, there was too much debt. And I wasn't that sure that that's what my path was going to be. Okay. So I was like, that seemed like way too big of a risk to not love what I was doing. Okay. So I was like, well, PA sounds like a better option. I still go to medical school, still get the medical training, can still see people, prescribe medications, that kind of stuff, um, and figure out what I want to do. So, I mean, I was in it for sure, but I at least kind of knew in my head this may not be a good fit just because I had shadowed so many doctors and a lot of them were like, this really isn't that good of a profession. They were kind of like talking me out of it. <laughs> the doctors are like what are you doing yes. here get out get out get yeah. out while you can <laughs> yeah and you can see it you can see most of them are not happy in what they're doing some are for sure but a lot of them just look worn down okay i, I this is the this is the thing because so many of us are domesticated don miguel ruiz talks about this term domestication right we we get rewarded for certain behaviors we get punished for other behaviors we get trained like when we say certain things, like I'm going to become a, a doctor, I'm going to go into medical, like people go, oh, wow, that's so great. And it's a lot better than mm-hmm. I'm going to be a male stripper or something like, oh, okay. You know, like there's a little difference there, a little tiny difference between that, those two professions. <laughs> <A little> bit. <laughs> so, but the idea is that we, if we're getting a snapshot of, of your mindset at the time, so the mindset determines all of our actions, you were in a certain mindset and therefore you're plugging away. You're going to go to school and you're going to figure this out. But in the inside, your intuition is telling you like, wait a second, something's off here. I don't want to get trapped, but I also don't want to piss this away. I don't want to waste this. Yes. And, and that's where a lot of guys can get stuck, which is I've already put so much time and energy. Everybody has these expectations. I can't course correct. I can't even think about course. This is it. Like this is the path I've chosen for life. I'm done. I'm set. And so that's the part where I want to start to underline where so many of us are, are kind of going through life and we don't believe we can course correct uh, because either of what people are going to think or we've already put so much time and energy and money into it or we don't know what else we would do, et cetera. So I'm just, I want to paint that picture. I want to get that out. Like you're in that spot and like, I've, I'm going to have to figure something out because I know this isn't going to be it. Yes. Okay. And so you get out and you, you're practicing as a PA, you're in the treatment center you and I meet, like what's going on for you at the time? And you're really clear, like, I'm done with this. Like what specifically, like I'm just done working in a treatment center or I'm done doing what? I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do next. So if you remember at the time, I was like, well, maybe I'll start like a triathlon blog and do that. And I think that's kind of like the first thing in my head. And then I was just, I was in this mood where 
I thought all of the answers were in books or something. So I would just like read a bunch of like business books and things on marketing and sales and be like, well, this is like, maybe I'll do this. This would be like a good fit for me maybe. And I was just searching outside of me for everything and none of it really seemed to fit. I didn't know what I wanted. And that's kind of where I was like, Trip seems to know what's going on. Like maybe I'll work with him. Well, let's be really clear, right? It's not that I would tell you what to do. But but you're that's old. what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. I think there was a day where you were like, aren't you going to tell me what to do? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And I remember there was like this there was this moment you were like, what? Like, you don't have the answers. Like what I thought you were going to do and what actually happened with you were very different in a very good way. OK, spell that out. What What, what did you think I was going to do? Yeah. So I thought it was going to be more of kind of like coaching, like, okay, these are the tactics to like get more clients. And this is like how you set up your business and what it was is essentially going, let's pump the brakes on what you think you want. And let's like take a step back and see, like do the work on yourself and decide what is it that would really like make me live. And that's, that's in alignment with who I am. And I didn't know what that was. Okay. Let's, let's slow down here because the way you described how you had determined your direction in life was to look outside of yourself. Yep. What are other people doing? What are the expectations for me? What, what, what's the path? What's the guide? So we, we commit to a path, uh, an external thing. So we're trying to get up this mountain, whatever that might be. And there's this path. Okay. I chose this path. This is what others are doing. This, and these are all the, the signs out there. And what you're saying is we started to, in our work, it was like, let's, let's start to slow down on this idea that the, the answers are out there. Let's start to listen to you. I wanted to help you develop your inner authority, the part of you that says, I want this. I want to live for that. This is where I feel more free. This is where I feel more alive, more, more loving and connected, more at peace. And that was foreign to you because you'd always, you've been looking outside of yourself instead of checking in with your own dashboard, your own gauges to, to figure out what actually had you feel more alive. Yes. And it was also scary because I, I realized in this process that I'm like a provocateur. Like I don't go along with the grain. I never like think that way. And because of that, people don't like what I have to say, a lot of people, because it just doesn't go along with the mainstream thought. And I really cared about what other people thought. Okay. So there was a there, there was this other party that's like, wait a second, at some point, if I'm going to really be who I am, if I'm going to really own my values and, and really own my voice, it's not going to be accepted. It's not going to be rewarded. Everybody's not, yes. may not like me. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get shit on for this. You're gonna get shit on, right? So especially with your thoughts, your 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 uh, very outspoken thoughts against how our current medical system is set up and how how things are being done. Okay, so you were firmly in hiding out mode. You were hiding out. You had a you had a much bigger. You were had had you were you had a fire inside, but it was basically barely kind of happening. You were you were finding other ways to feed it through some of your interests, but it was way out of alignment with how you were showing up in the world. And so I call that yes. hiding out. There's the yep. secrets. Like if I got to know you a bit better, that I think that's what happens. Like you finally one day were like, oh, well, I really love this stuff. And I'm like, well, dude, what are we doing? Why are we hiding this? And it, because yes. it didn't, you couldn't figure out a way to make that happen. So you didn't own it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You were like, well, what is this piece here? Because you seem really into this. Like why you're not pursuing it. Okay. Yeah. Right. And why weren't you pursuing it? That's a good question. Well, initially when I graduated, I didn't know this was quite as established as of a field as it was. And I think I just hadn't found the right, the right people to make it seem, 
I didn't want to practice. See, I'm a, I'm fairly risk averse. So I didn't want to do something where I was like practicing on people, like kind of like, you know, not doing things that were really proven. But then I realized, oh, there's a lot of science and, and clinicians that are doing this and it's, and it's a well-established field. Like maybe I should pursue this more. And I think once I realized that, that's when I started saying this might be a good fit for me. Okay. There's a big, there's a, there's a thing here I want to, I want to point out. Most of us don't own what we want if we don't see a safe way. Yes. So if it looks, if it, if if it's like, oh, I like that. But then immediately we're like, that might be uncomfortable. That might be a risk to my time or energy or money, or that make me, that might make me look like a moron or a failure or a loser. There's too much at stake for my self image. And if that happens, most of us just say, I don't want it then. I don't even see that as an option. So a lot of times when somebody tells me they don't know what they want, a lot of times it's because they don't know what they want would want if it was safe or uh, comfortable or didn't didn't uh, threaten their self image, make them look bad. You nailed it. But if you can if you can move those things aside, there's usually some options there. It's like, well, what if you were willing to be uncomfortable? You're willing to take some risk, or maybe willing to to fail from time to time. It's like, oh well, then I'd probably do this other thing. Okay. Yes, yes, and I think that's what that was kind of our path was. Let's let's like, you know, not jump to it, but all right, we'll go and chat with some of these clinicians for a while. Go take an internship, go do these things and like see if it's a good fit for you first. So it wasn't like I'm just going to quit my job and go right into this. It was like, all right, let's test it out. Okay, right. So we did some experimentation instead of this is the path and I'm going to I've got to have all the green lights before I go. It was let's go see. Let's see. Let's experiment. Yes. Let's see if this is if this process actually lights you up. Let's see if it's aligned. Let's let's go check it out. Most people don't want to experiment. They want the sure thing. They want right. to have. They want That's to be able I to. Wanted. They want it. Oh yeah, do you want it? <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> I like, always want that. <laughs> yeah, I want to see step eight, nine, ten before I take step one. I need to know that everything's going to be fine. Okay, so you were willing to experiment, but before then, I want to come back because there was there was a part. You and I went for a walk one day, and and. Um, I, I don't know if it was on the walk or it was on in a session or something, but I remember that you were so driven like uh, to do so much. And I, I gave you a challenge. Do you remember what that challenge was? Yep. Yeah, okay. that was a big, that was a pivotal moment for me. What was going on in your life at that time? And then we'll talk about the challenge. So what was happening in your life? You, you had a belief that what? I don't quite remember what I was like trying to do, but I just thought like it was, it was about optimizing everything. Like I need to just, you know, get my routine down more. I need to be more productive with my day. It was always about that productivity optimization. And you were like, all right, for the month of March, you can't do any of that. Like there's nothing. You can't be productive <laughs> well, at all. Hold like, on, no, because no, I think I think there was like this. We came up with the context for the month, and you were like, you came in there with with this list of all yes, of this yes. shit you were going to optimize and productivity. Like it was yes. just out out the ass, like personal said, development jackass. Go, like, that doesn't that doesn't light me up. He's like, no, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And I was like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? <laughs> Well, I remember I said, what if you didn't do any of that for a month and you shit your pants? Like that yes. was terrifying for you. Yep. That was your real edge. Yep. And you're like, that's it. That's what we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it wasn't just being a contrarian. What was going on there? Why, why did we, and you agreed to it. So I want to yes. be really careful. Okay. So why, what had you agree? What was the, the mindset shift instead of optimizing and being more productive? The key word here is more, 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 more. What was really going on for you? What was really your edge? So I was looking through my, my journal recently because I wanted to remember what was going on then. And yeah, at that point, my edge was just kind of like not doing anything to just 
sit and be with my thoughts and actually see what it was I wanted. And it's funny, like throughout that month, I just kept saying, like, I need more space. I need more space because, yeah, if, if I'm constantly going forward and just working or whatever, whatever my mentality is, if I don't take that space, like I no longer know what it, what really my compass is. And I need that space for that to guide me. Right. And that's what that that month really gave me was like, okay, I need to do this a lot more often where I take my give myself time to just figure out what what direction I really do want to go in. Because right now I've been going based off of what other people think or what I read in books and not what feels good to me, even if it's not the optimal path. It's the path that aligns best with who I am. Right, right. You know, what I remember about that time was that you were really wanting to find yourself, take your own stance, like become your own authority instead of following the rules and expectations and all of that kind of stuff. And when we don't know what's important, everything seems important. And so your list that you brought was like, here, I'll just do more. And that was the, that that's the answer. When we're stuck in that place where we don't know what's important, then more is the answer. Oh, I must need more then. If I'm not feeling free or alive or connected or at peace, I must need to do more of the same shit. And I must need to do how, you know, do it better or more optimally or whatever. And so you got a lot of morons out there. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> right? Like, you know, I'll call I'm raising my hand here. It's like right that we, we, we become morons when we lose touch with ourselves. And we just think I must need to be more optimal. If I'm feeling drained, I'm feeling trapped, I'm feeling stressed out, I'm feeling isolated, I must need to do more and figure out how to do more better. And usually it's quite opposite. It's like, let's slow down, right? Let's get in touch with this. Like, why are you bothering doing all this stuff to begin with? And I think you just had it in your mind. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do all this stuff. You're supposed to do it better, faster, you know, farther, that kind of thing. And so the the challenge was to like, let's... Let's remove some things and then let's see what's important. Let's see what sticks. Let's yes. see what, what actually needs to be there, what's essential. And then you can do that better. Then you can bring your optimization techniques and your productivity techniques to those things instead of let's just see how much shit we can cram on the, on the table. Does that make sense? Does that fit with your experience? Totally. It reminds me of a, I think it's a Michael Neal analogy where he's like, it's like you have uh, dirt and water and you shake it up and like, you know, you try and agitate it and do more to understand what's going on. He's like, but really you have to do is just let it settle, let the dirt settle and that'll right. be clear. Right. And that's different than what most people do when they disengage. You were still engaged in your life, but most people, when, when they think they, if they think they're going to slow down, they think that that means that they do nothing. That, right. they, that they put themselves to sleep and stick your head in the sand. Now, that's not what I wanted for you. I wanted you to pay attention. What happens in your life when you stop doing things just because you're supposed to do them? What happens to your life when you stop doing things just because you should do them? And then you'll start to see what's essential and what needs to be there again. So there, it was not a passive process. You were still engaged. I didn't want you to go to sleep for a month. It was pay attention and be with that tension that comes up, which is, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I was like, well, let's see. Let's see if you really need to do all of that stuff. Will the world come to an end if you don't take care of X, Y, and Z and all of these other types of things that we can come back and start to see what what matters most? So I want to be really clear. It's not that we go stick our head in the sand and act like nothing's going on or you just go get drunk for a month in Mexico. That's not what I had you do. It It was about staying engaged and observing and watching 
and seeing like, yes, this is what's important. I want to continue to do this and I can let go of these other things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely not easy. And it's still, it's still tough at times where I'm like, I can feel that tension of I should be doing. And then I go, when I do feel that I knew that I need to take some time and kind of explore it. Yeah. Is it really true? Should I be doing this? What's driving this? And a lot of time that should, or that's supposed to is somebody else's stuff. That's somebody else's expectation that we've taken on. It's not aligned with what has me feel more free or alive or loving, connected or at peace. And that takes guts. It takes guts to drop that stuff and really focus in on the essentials. Totally. Okay. All right. So I wanted to get that, that, that piece in there um, because that was a big turning point because you were already kind of maxing out and thinking you had to do more and more. And a lot of us, when we get into this place, are like, oh, I can't, I can't take on a coach or I can't take on a program. I can't take on change right now. I'm already, I'm already maxed out. And a lot of times we just got to be willing to say no and get over ourselves. And then we create that space that we can start to do more things. And that's where you could start to do these experimentations when you had, or these experiments where you had, you had some more time and space. So, okay. So you, you had a hunch. We talked a little bit about you wanting to go in a certain direction, drop the blog idea that, that, that wasn't really, it seemed, I don't know what that was about, but it, it seemed what was that? Was it? It was again. It was just one of those things where I was like, oh, "It seems like a good, a good thing to do to transition out of my other job." Okay. That was it. All right, but underneath was this thing like, "I actually want to help people in a way that's aligned with your own values, like help people yes. how you treat your body, how you you wanted to help people do the same thing." Yeah, I wanted people to just see what I saw. Like this, this is because I because I'm an industry insider as far as medicine. Like I've seen the other side of it. Like I've seen the the Wizard of Oz behind the scenes, and I know what doesn't work. I've seen so many people like in a hospital thinking that like the medications their doctors put them on were going to prevent all these issues, and it doesn't quite work that way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted people to see this is really what happens. But here is another way that can help you a lot more profoundly, but you have to kind of be invested in it. Okay. So when you, when that idea presented itself, did it seem safe and comfortable and <laughs> attractive to you? Or was it like, I think it did. I don't think it, it seemed super foreign because, because I had realized that it was established. Um, so it's not like I was taking a, a huge risk, but it's certainly at this, I mean, now what I'm doing now certainly is more so, but at that time, it didn't seem too risky. It was just something I hadn't considered before. Okay. And why not? Is it just was just because of that old way of thinking, that old mindset, which is I've got to follow the rules and I've got to follow the path, et cetera, et cetera. It kept you from seeing the opportunity right in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I, don't, I think that that's amazing, right? That, how often we just don't even see the opportunities because we're so ingrained in a certain mindset. Yep. Right. We see a wall instead of a door. Okay. And I, I've, it's some of the biggest aha moments I've ever had. I was thinking, oh man, some, some big things got to land, come out of the sky and save me here and figure this out. When it actually was like, no, if you just turn your head five degrees, you see this doorway right there. And it's like, oh man, I, I didn't believe that. Right. Didn't see that before. Right. And like, and like we were saying before, it was, I was too busy optimizing everything else. I guess I wasn't even like seeing what, the, <laughs> what was actually available. I'm sure there's a word we can combine optimization and more on. So that, I don't have a problem <laughs> with optimization, by the way, but there's a, there is this, I just see it so often where we get, we just put our head down. We miss it. We miss what the optimization is in service of. We get so focused on optimization. It's like, yes, let's go. I'm optimizing. Look, and it's like, great. You're still trapped and stressed and, and, you know, 
isolated and not not enjoying yourself. So yes, okay, all right. So you start experimenting with these things. You start ex- looking around for opportunities. What was that process like? Because it's one thing to have an aha moment. It's one thing to have an insight, but now it's about taking action. And so what was, tell me a little bit about that process when you started taking action. So I'm, I'm fairly impatient. I realize, I guess this goes along with everything. (laughs) (laughs) You want it right now. So I, yes, I wanted it. I wanted to have figured it out quicker. It was a slower process because it was like, all right, well, I know one of the best ways to learn is by going to the best people and shadowing them and working with them. So it was a process of reaching out to them, being able to travel to these areas, work with these people, you know, study on the side. I was able to get an internship. So that process, once I got into it, felt really good. And that's how I knew I was on the right track was I was like, this really energizes me when I get into this field and talk to these people and research this. So it felt much better than the other things I'd been doing prior. Okay. That's a, that's a big distinction, right? Which is, okay, what should I be doing? Does this sound good? Do I like to talk about it in a certain way, but then it's actually draining versus let's go try some things out. You were willing to experiment. And then you found like, Hey, I'm actually more alive here. This is where I feel more expansive. I'm getting excited by this process. Yes. Okay. Not, not a lot of us do that, right? We usually pick a path and then go and then hope it, hope we one day we'll feel all right. But, uh, <laughs> I wanted you to build your fire as you went right? Knowing there would be some, some things to learn and there's a suck of learning, but nonetheless, it's like, oh, this is exciting. This feels expansive and this is aligned. Yes. And that was confronting because it meant that you might move. It meant, might, it, it meant that you might, you know, there were, a lot, there were a lot of things that, were, that came up when you started to go down that road. What do you remember some of the things that, that felt scary when you started to entertain some of those, uh, the, these new paths? Yeah, the move was a big one. Obviously, I knew I, knew I was going to take a big pay cut just because the, the, of the functional medicine field doesn't pay as well as I'd, I'd been in urgent care at the time. So I was making way more money than I would have. So that was one. Um, but I've never made a decision for a job based off of money. So it's not like that was a huge concern. Like I knew we would figure it out. But yeah, the move was one as well because I knew I had to get in with someone who is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Cause that was the only way I was really going to learn. This was to learn from someone who's great. So that was a concern as well. Um, those were the two big ones. And then, yeah, I mean, we were looking to have a kid at a certain point and that was, that was on the, on the radar as well. Yeah. So that factored into it. So, yeah. And I remember as part of the talk, like, it was like, who would you love to learn from? Right. It's one of those things we don't necessarily, yes. it's like, well, who around here could I learn from? I wanted to stretch you a bit. I remember pushing you and be like, what if you could learn from anybody on the planet? Who would you want to learn from? And I had you create a list and like reach out and contact those people. And what did you learn from that process of just trying to break down those barriers instead of what's accessible? What do I know is a sure thing? Yeah, that felt, yeah, it was definitely a a reach. Um, But I was able to really get into contact with some really, really high up people. And I've, I was able, actually, this is really funny. I created a virtual internship at a, with a, a doctor who had had never done this before with clinicians, like a PA or an MD. And I contacted her and was like, I really love what you're doing. I would love to do this internship with you. And she created it. And now she provides it to a whole bunch of medical providers, PAs, MDs, MDs, like, but it was because I reached out to her to create it. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the, like, what what if you knew the, what if you knew the chef at the restaurant, you didn't have to order what was on the menu you could go talk to the chef directly and say, hey, 
I want you to cook this for me. Would you be willing to cook? And now it's on the menu, essentially, is what you you you, you created. You helped the chef create a dish, and now she's put it on the menu, essentially. Yeah, and she's making good money off it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing is like where we don't see opportunities. Well, I guess that's it. I, we throw our hands up and it's like, oh, well, I can't do it. But I, I remember us having a conversation like, just reach out to them. Like, well, just because it's not offered doesn't mean they wouldn't do it. And so... There was that. Play. Were you nervous about getting a no, or like, who the hell are you to ask me this? Were there any of that kind of stuff that came? Oh up? yeah, yeah. I don't like rejection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm getting much better with it, but yeah, I didn't didn't like it then. Okay, I love that. That was part of being bold, right? This is like, if if we're gonna make this change, then everything we do is gonna be outside of our comfort zone, essentially. So, all right, I'm gonna reach out to the people I don't know. They're at the the field that the top of the field that I want to learn how to do, and I'm gonna be bold and say, I want you to teach me. I want you to guide me. I want you to be my mentor. Here. Yes. Okay. Great. And so you found somebody, started working with that person. Tell me a little bit about the, the path after that. Yeah. Once I was well, once I got through that internship, it was pretty much like, all right, now I want to, I want to get a job. So I had actually shadowed with a doctor in Philadelphia at the time, um, and it just felt like a good fit for us. And that's where I'm from. Our both um, my wife and my families are here, so it seemed like a good fit. So that's kind of what led to my job was this whole process of reaching out, shadowing people because it's not like she was hiring. I essentially convinced her to hire me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So not sitting around waiting for a job posting to go online. Like, come on, let's, let's do this. Yep. Okay, great. And so you left Wilmington and, and you moved back to Pittsburgh. Philadelphia, excuse me. Philadelphia, yeah. Yeah, got to get that right. Don't mix that up. <laughs> okay. You move back to Philadelphia and start this this new life. And so now you're you're not just underneath another doctor which provides a certain level of safety. A lot of us like to like to play Robin to Batman, you know? Yes. It's like it's it's a, it's, much, it's a much safer thing. And then it was like, okay, well, I could go find another doctor. I could step out on my own essentially. Is that what you were thinking that we were doing. Yeah. And that was, and that was the big, the big, uh, concern and risk, but yeah. And, but I had enough of this training and I'd ha- had enough success with the clients that I knew like this, this works really well. And very, very few practitioners are getting these kinds of results. So I was like, there's no reason not to do it. Okay. I'm trying to imagine if, if you had set out to start your own thing right away, right away, it would have been too much, right? That I think about that all the time, and I think I I wouldn't have had the confidence. Yeah, I don't know. I think about that a lot, and it would have been difficult initially, just because I've I, I have a hard time selling something unless I firmly believe in it. Like I really I couldn't sell something and know it was a piece of shit. Like it have to be a really good product. Right. And without having tested it out myself and seeing that it worked on people, I wouldn't have been able to sell it well. Um, and that's how I was with like the foundation training. When I found that I was like, this seems amazing. It works for me. It worked for my, my family. I'm going to go out and train in it and vet it and make sure that it's legitimate. And once I found that, I was like, all right, great. Now I can teach it. And it was the same thing with this. I was like, once I saw it worked, then I felt confident. Okay. Now I have something valuable that I can share with people. Well, there's another aspect to this as well. Consistently through this conversation, we would talk about how you've been taking bold action, right? And yes. But there's a point where that bold action becomes overwhelming and it'll, it can cripple us. It has us contract instead of expand. And so if the whole point of this is to have you expand and become stronger, we, we want to also pay attention to the point where it's like, that step actually has me collapse, right? It's too much. 
And it's like, it's like going to the gym and like just putting too much on the bar and trying to, it's like, no, that at that point it's detrimental. Let's come back to where you grow and you, you challenge yourself, but you grow. And I think that what I'm getting from this is that you've consistently found that sweet spot in there and there's trial and error, right? But there's, there's a, there's a place of like, okay, that's a, that's an edgy, bold action, but it will, ex- I will expand as a result. Whereas if you come out of the gate too hard and, and you know where you're going to end up, but you try to get there first, sometimes it just breaks us down. It's not the next step. It's not the right next step. So I, I think a lot of times we want to have it figured out. We want to have step eight figured out before we take step one. And, but a lot of times we can't predict the future. We don't know where it's going to go. And much less like we got to go do our homework and we got to prepare ourselves for that process. So we don't want to give ourselves a hernia coming out of the gate with some of this stuff. And and so the next step, when it became the next step for you to step out on your own, I remember talking to you about it and you seemed really confident. It was edgy, but you were confident about it. Whereas I don't think that would have been the same, the same if, we, if it would have been a year or two before that would have been, no. it would have been overwhelming. It was like, no, I can't do that. But it, it, you stayed true to that stretch zone, that stretch area, instead of overwhelming yourself in there. Is that, am I, am I correct? Yes. Yep. And even to be fair, I still, when I first started getting going, I've never been stressed in my life. So it's not like it was, you know, it was like easy by any means. I was like, I remember just like for some nights having trouble sleeping, which is not an issue for me. So even then it was a stretch, but yeah. So I can only imagine if I had tried doing that a year or two before, it might've been a little, it definitely would have been a little too much for me. So, and I think it just depends on the person, but I like, I'm just not a huge risk taker and just owning that and going, this is what's within like my capability and this would be too much. Right. There's the, uh, what's the, I think, uh, Mihai Cheek sent me high did the, um, the challenge and skill, um, graph, right? Where you're, the challenge meets the skill that you've got. And there's yes. a sweet spot there. And just, to, just, just a little bit beyond that edge is where we grow and it can be stressful, but that's, that's the kind of stress we put on our muscles when, when we're challenging them at the gym kind of thing. So, but there's also emotional muscles. There's, there's, there are, are intellectual muscles and that's where we're getting, we're getting pushed. So I, I bring this up because a lot of folks think, oh, I'm in this job. I can relate to what John's saying. I'm not happy with it. I'm out of alignment with it. So I got to do this drastic, huge change all at once. It's because they're impatient, right? They don't want to do the right. steps in between. And, but, and so they get stuck because it's too much of a change. It's too crazy. It's too outlandish. It's too risky. Instead and then you of, go up, I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. Right. So it becomes this all or nothing thing, which is a lot different than I'm going to be a pro and I'm going to do a little bit at a time and I'm going to chunk this away just like you would do anything else. You, you build anything else in your life. It's not like anybody comes to you and says, I want to lose 200 pounds and get, you know, blah, blah, blah in the next three weeks. It's like, no, it takes time. It takes time to do these things. And so this is a, so this reminds me of uh, Bo Eason. He used to be a football player and he transitioned from the NFL to being a, I think a playwright. And he said to himself, I'm going to give it 10 years and I'm not going to quit until after 10 years. So like, that's the professional mindset of, right. I'm going to go and just kind of go through the process and, and however long it takes, as opposed to going, this has to work within six months or a year. Right. Yeah. There's some myth of finality that comes up. It's like, well, after a year I blew it. So it didn't work out. Right. Right. And that's like, what it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I put these cookies in the oven and I pulled them out after five minutes. Oh, they're not done. It didn't work out. 
It's like, you just <laughs> pulled him out of the oven, man. You got to be a baker. Yeah. That doesn't work that way. So that's another one of these myths I want to kind of punch through is, is that it's got to be all or nothing instead of let's chunk it down. A big part of our process, like let's chunk it down. What's the, what's the bold action this week? What's the thing that you would engage this week? And consistently over time, that's what puts you on this trajectory and has you, has you build momentum. And then when it comes time to start your own thing, it's not this, it's not such a huge thing. It, it feels way more manageable. Like, you know what? I'm ready for this. I, I can step in. It's edgy, but I can do it. Yes. Yes. And it's, I think what helps is not doing a lot of social media because it's so easy to look at other people and be like, man, they're so far along and they're doing so well. Like I just need to get on that. You know, I think especially for, for like my generation and, and younger, like it's, it's there and it's in front of you all the time. So it's, it can be really nasty. And I just try and stay away from it as much as possible because yeah, that comparison is deadly. It's, it's deadly. And it's also bullshit. You're, you're looking at somebody's Photoshopped version of their reality instead yes. of what it's actually like. So, uh, you know, come on. Just, and it looks good. It looks good. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you stand out of you, you stand in front of the magazines at the checkout counter. Like that's what women should look like. It's like, right. No, actually, no, those are all computer generated, like, you know, been manipulated and everything. But it's like, if that becomes a reality, you start to distort what reality should be. And, and then when your reality doesn't line up with that, it's like, well, I must be doing it wrong. And it's like, right. No, it's messy and it's not linear. It's all over the place. It can be, it can seem really chaotic. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because anything that we dump into our heads that impacts us, it, it, it's not rooted in reality. It's, it's toxic. It's poisonous. And, and yes. it, it will, we, it has us turn the blade against ourselves. And that's where I always get back to like that month of March that you had me like not do anything. And I kept just going like, okay. When I feel this way, take a step back, get some space. What feels good to me? Like, what's the next right step? And I'm going to focus on that and not where I think I should be compared to other people. Beautiful. Right. Back to inner authority versus what do I do to keep up? What do I do to make sure I don't look like a moron? What do I do to make sure people like me or whatever? It's like, you can drop yes. that shit. Just come back to what actually has you feel free, alive and connected and at peace. Okay. Oh, this is awesome. This is really great. Um, so tell me a little bit about who you're working with. You and I are working together, but tell me a little bit about some of the cases you've had. I'm just, I'm curious about some of the, cause you're, you're kind of the, the people come to you. It's not like they don't, they don't come to you for a cold. They come to you for some, for interesting things. Yes, so what, what, are yeah. some, what, are, what are people coming to you stuff. for? Yeah. So, um, so I, there are two types of people that I work with. One are people who are dealing with some sort of chronic health issue that they just can't figure out, whether it's like migraines, autoimmune disease, gut issues, things like that. Um, or I deal with people who are just kind of like you, like busy driven entrepreneurs who want to optimize like their mentality, their energy, focus, both at the job and off the job as well. Right. Um, but the, the, the difficult people I see are just people with a lot of chronic health issues. So I'll give you like a fun example. Like we had a guy come in who had type two diabetes. So that's reversible pretty much. Like mm -hmm. in medical school, they don't tell you that they just put you on medications <laughs> like metformin or <laughs> insulin or whatever. And just say like, this is it. This is what you got. Oh, well, um, he went on like a paleo diet and usually that does fairly well for it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not dogmatic as far as diets. I don't believe everyone should have one diet. It all depends on the individual person and labs. But mm -hmm. this guy was on a, what you would say like a healthier diet and his blood sugars were still kind of like all over the place. So we're like, what's going on? We, we do a bunch of different labs and this guy has 
so so many different chemicals that he's getting through his water and air that is, that are in his body destroying his pancreas that it's barely functioning that's what's causing his diabetes not his diet or or or, or genetics as what most doctors will tell you oh it's just in your genes now oh, wow. Wow. so but doctors don't do those type of testing like mainstream medicine so we figured out what was going on by by doing the right tests and was like he really drinking like river person. water or something. What, what was he? Yeah, he was in South Philly, so he's kind of by all these like <laughs> co- you know production plants and whatnot. And the air quality in, in Philadelphia is terrible as well. So between all of that, yeah, it was bad. And this is the thing: like people trust, they just trust uh, higher powers, like the FDA and our municipalities. Like, oh, tap water is fine. If you really tested it and looked at it, not so much. Okay. So yeah, right. that's like, that's the person where we go, okay, you're not getting the results that you expect to get, even though you're doing, having a clean diet and you're exercising and these things, let's really see what's going on. And that's when we start getting the results. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's, here's some dots that I've connected recently, which is if it was the day before big game and we saw an athlete out getting shit faced or doing something stupid with his hands, like playing with knives or something, we'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? You've got a big game tomorrow. Don't go do that kind of thing. Meanwhile, we've got an organ in our bodies, our brains, right, which govern all of our thinking, which governs all of, like we've talked about today, we, we see opportunities. We've got energy in our body that determines whether we feel like doing something, we feel like taking risks or not. And we don't connect the dots between the stuff we dump in our bodies and how we treat our bodies to sleep and stuff with that. So essentially it's like, we're showing up to the big game. We're building our business or we're trying to show up in our relationship a certain way. We're trying to be with our kids a certain way. And we're essentially dragging a boat anchor. We're, we're be, we're being a liability against ourselves. We're complaining against about the world and we're complaining about all these other things, but we don't realize how we're, we're working against ourselves. We're being adversaries to ourselves in terms of how we treat our brains and our energy and our bodies. Yes. And we, we become a huge liability. So I just find it's it's amazing when I talk to guys and they're like, yeah, I'm not getting, enough, you know, I'm really dragging acid, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you sleeping? No. You eating right? No. You do, you working out? No. It's like, why would you right. expect to be at your, at a high functioning state, right? They just kind of imagine the body's just going to, no matter what, I might be a little tired, but I'm still at this high functioning state. It's like, no, you're not. You're, you're, you've just made yourself a moron. So it's like, I, I just think it's like, if you really are pro, like you're a pro athlete, takes care of his brain. The bro athlete takes care of his body and his energy so that he can play optimally. It's like, well, then if we're out there creating our world, whatever it is with our businesses or careers and families, et cetera, then we do the same thing. We treat our brains, we treat our bodies in the same way. Those, that's our gear. We treat it, we treat it in a wonderful way. We still have fun. If you want to go, whatever that means to have fun. But that, that's why I want to work with you. That's why yes. that what has me show up and be like, okay, the Western medical system is not going to support that. They just want to make sure that I don't <laughs> you know, whatever. they just want to make sure you don't die. Attack. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to die. And I appreciate that. Right. I'm not going to turn away an ambulance. if I've... It has its value. Yeah. yeah. It has its value. But for those of us that are really interested in like, wait a second, I want to make sure I'm, I'm operating at this level. Then, then we go a step further. We don't just settle for, okay, the doctor said I wasn't dying. So I guess I'm good. And yes. that's, that's yeah. the piece that I want to underline here. And that's the part that it, that's attractive to me. Cause there's this big gray area between dying and really firing on, on cylinders. Yes. Yes. So you said it better than I do. So that's, I believe that for sure. This is like a big driving point for like my life and what I want to help my clients do. And and I want to just, I want people to realize 
your health is the foundation that everything else is built on top of. Like if you're not healthy, if you don't have the energy that you think you should, or you're dealing with like chronic headaches or something, it is going to inform the way that you do everything, your job, your relationships, your hobbies. So you have to get that in line first. And I think it's insidious that people slowly start to feel bad and they don't realize how shitty they feel until they reverse it and go, wow, I have all this energy and I feel amazing. Or they're sold the lie that they're getting older, so they should feel this way. Or it's in their genetics, which is for only like 3% of like things, is it really genetic? Almost always it's environmental. It's your diet, your exercise, your sleep, stress, air, water quality. It's a whole bunch of things. But yeah. you can absolutely like overhaul your health. And despite what a lot of doctors will tell you with so many different conditions, you just have to find the right method to do it. And that's, yeah. And I think just once that message gets out to more people and they start questioning things and realizing like, I have a lot more control over my, my, my health and the way I feel than I'm told that's when the change is going to really happen. And people are going to just feel amazing. And the body is the doorway to these other personal transformations. I, I've worked with guys and they'll be kind of plodding along and it's like, they're, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good when they're processed or whatever. But then if they choose to get their health in order, there's something that just, it's like the afterburner goes off. It's like, wow, I can do this part, yes. right? I can shift the way I'm eating. I can shift the way I'm moving my body, shift the way I'm, I'm sleeping, et cetera. And they, it, it just boosts confidence in every area. It's like, oh, well, if I, I know that I can do this here, I can do this over there in these other areas as well. And so, I just, I love it when a guy tells me, he's like, yeah, I think about, I'm thinking about cleaning up my diet. I think about doing this and that. It's like, great. I'm not the guy to help you with that. I'm not the, that's not my area of expertise. Go talk to John, go talk to, you know, go, go, go find the right person that can help you find that program for you, yes. your specific body. But that is, I just know that when he, when he steps on that path, that it's going to accelerate everything else that we're trying to do, because he's just going to, he's, he's turning pro and now he's going to bring him, he's going to be his pro gear, right? His brain and his body and his energy and everything. To, to that process. And it's just going to accelerate it. Yeah. And I think it all starts with almost everything. It's always about awareness, like just keeping track of how does this make me feel? Like when I eat this, how do I feel half an hour afterwards when I don't get good sleep or when I drink at night, how do I feel the next day? And just paying attention to that is going to let you know, like, Oh wow, this is, this really is affecting me when I eat this way. I feel this way. When I eat cleaner, I feel this way. That's huge. But yeah. a lot of us are just turned off. We're just going through the motions. I wake up tired in the morning. I'm going to hit coffee. So we have these, we have substances that allow us to kind of plow through despite how we're living, but that catches up over time. Right. Yep. All right. So that's, that to me is like the amateur hobbyist mindset. If we're turning pro, wait a second, I got to, I got to really pay attention to how I'm treating my body. My body and my brain yes. are the vehicle for everything that I want to create. So let's take care of that. Yep. Beautiful. All right. Where do we learn more about you? How do, where, where do we go? Tell us where to go. Yeah, uh, just go to my website. It's johnmitchellpa.com. It's John without an H. Um, and then you can just find me on Facebook or Instagram. Same thing, John Mitchell PA. John Mitchell, J-O-N-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-P-A. Is that right? Yep, you got it. All right, cool. I had to do that in my brain there. That was <laughs> my beautiful. Opt my optimized brain. Brother, so great to talk to you and see you and and see you doing so good and see you lit up. It's it's just fantastic, man. I'm really excited for you. It feels good. And yeah, I just want to give you a lot of credit because I cannot tell you how many times, like genuinely, how many times like I'll go back and go, wow, I'm really glad I work with Trip because that skill I learned has really helped me not only just in my professional life, but like in my relationships too. So mm -hmm. thank you as well. Yeah. Hey man, it feels good. 
If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.